Hi Bloomers, it's Wendy and you're listening to Bloom with Floros. Today I've got two very special guests with me, my brother and sister-in-law, Edgar and Joanna, who have agreed to join me on my very first podcast. We're going to dive into a conversation about how they navigate life with a child who has severe food allergies. So stick around for some valuable insights and stories as we explore this topic together. Hey, Joanna and Edgar, thanks for joining me today. Um, you know that this conversation is just going to be um, very informal, and I want to hear from you guys exactly what you guys are going through. And um, yeah, say hi to our audience. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're uh, extremely excited to uh, be on your first ever podcast. Congrats, <laughs> number one. Thank you. So we're just going to dive right into it. Um, can you tell us a bit about your journey as a parent of a child with severe food allergies? Yeah, I mean, where to even start? <laughs> I feel like from the beginning, it's it's definitely, I think you, you said it best by saying journey. Um, I, I mean, we're by no means perfect. We're, we're still learning. We're discovering new things, I would say, almost every single day. Um, as our daughter grows older, she's also changing. Um, we're noticing, you know, she's gaining and she's getting new allergies. She's losing some. So it's definitely um, a learning experience for the both of us. Yeah, definitely a learning experience. And um, yeah, it's been uh, quite the whirlwind for uh, the last, um, you know, six years. Um, it's uh, all very brand new to us. Um, and uh, yeah, like we um, we're trying to navigate this world um, now, you know, like going like our whole lives, never having to worry about allergies to like every day, um, going to grocery stores, um, reading ingredients, um, being on top of these things, because um, you just never know like what could happen if uh, we just mm -hmm. if there's a misstep. Right. So I think the hardest part for us, too, and I don't know if you agree, is that it's harder for us because we don't have allergies. I don't know, us growing up, like we never had, like dealt with like friends or anything that mm -hmm. had allergies, right? So we're very unfamiliar with this. So you mentioned she's six now, right? How did you first discover her condition? So I think, th okay, so I think this probably is because as new parents, we go to all these like these shows where they teach you about how to do things properly. Mm -hmm. I think as um, as new parents, we get into that, I guess, that mindset that you don't want to do anything wrong. So you always want to follow everything by the books. Right. You want to do all your Google searches. Mm -hmm. um, so we were told that you introduce foods um, like one at a time and you have to leave like four days in between. I don't know if you remember that. But we started with like, the most basic thing I think was steel cut oats. So we would give her the steel cut oats. This was at four months. Okay. We did that and we're like, okay, she didn't react. Then we, we kept doing that with like bananas, av avocado, like those, the basics. Um, and then we got to like, I think we made our way all the way to eggs. And then we gave her, we gave her, um, I remember it was like scrambled, scrambled eggs. And we fed that to her, and then we started noticing she got, like, red around the mouth, kind of mm -hmm. itchy. So I think it was then, I think from four months. And then, or even, no, I think we even have to go back further no, to think, when we... No, I think we, we, we truly realized that she had food allergies, like when you said, the, like, with the eggs. 
and then the baby but acne. then but then when we looked back there mm-hmm. was a lot of signs that we missed that right. we looked back and we're like oh like for example because you were you were breastfeeding mm-hmm. right so when you were breastfeeding like you were eating normally right like you were eating you're eating your yogurts you're drinking milk right and then we noticed yeah. that that our daughter um after she would breastfeed and when she would uh go to the washroom there was a bit of blood oh, in right her, it, yeah. stool. in her stool yeah and she had a lot of baby acne that i was so convinced was not baby acne yeah but the doctors were just like oh that's just baby acne she's gonna grow mm-hmm. out of it right but then once we started, um, once once we kind of took matters into our own hands, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, you know what? Maybe watch your diet, see what you're eating, yeah. Cut certain things out and see how her skin or stool reacts to it. So the first thing we took out was the dairy. was the dairy, and um, and then we started seeing a big difference in her skin, and yeah. there was no more. I think that that was the biggest learning experience is that you truly have to be your biggest advocate right. when it comes to your child. Like while doctors are experts, parents' intuition mm-hmm. is like I feel like is is best. Like if you have a gut feeling, I feel like do everything you can to either prove your point, um, because the doctor just kept writing it off that it was baby acne. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. going into these forums like where you you hear from other parents, they start giving their suggestions, um, mm-hmm. and that's where we kind of learn to take out the dairy. And then, like my husband said, like her skin completely cleared up. So we took that to the doctor. We're like, you need to allow us to do an allergy test on her. And how old was she then? So, so that's the other thing. She was only one. And the doctor was like, she's too young. Right. But we, they're like, it has to be like a confirmed reason why we're going to do it on her. And we're like, yeah, well, I mean, she's, she has like the blood in her stool. We had all, all that, uh, evidence right to to ask for that allergy test so then when we did it they did blood work on her and then that's how they confirmed that she indeed has not like a dairy allergy but a cow protein Mm -hmm. allergy Mm -hmm. so it's completely different from you know any sort of like lactose intolerance Mm -hmm. it's the protein itself that she's allergic to okay so that must have been really scary when you got the confirmation that she was allergic or she had these allergies Mm -hmm. right um what was what resources or or was it just self-taught or did did you find the doctor directed you in somewhere where you could go um actually uh yeah it's it's a lot of uh internet right like a lot of google searching see like different like you know reactions that that children are having and and um yeah we we didn't really have other resources than to just you know just do the investigation ourselves um and actually um that kind of you know brought us to you wendy when uh when your son had the anaphylaxis um situation on the Mm -hmm. soccer field um you ended up you know you went through your whole situation and and Mm -hmm. you met an allergist right so you recommended us to this allergist and sort of that's um we ended up reaching out to them and then um we kind of went to her and she kind of started to kind of guide us through the life of having a child with an allergy i think the i think the part that was hardest for me to hear was obviously one knowing that she like confirming that she has an allergy but for the doctor to say i don't know if you remember this but for the doctor to say to me that there's 
really nothing you can do but af- avoid that food. Right. Like, it's... Yeah, it was, it was, it was quite yeah. a shock. Was it, was it hard for you guys to swallow that? Or was it hard for you guys to think a life of for Minori mm-hmm. moving forward? I, I think, yeah, just it, it, both. A, a bit of everything because it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're used to, like, okay, doctors have solutions answer, to everything, yeah. right? Like, okay, you know what, like... Like, you go to the doctor with, like, the cold. Okay, here's, you know, antibiotics, and you feel mm-hmm. better, right? But being brand new to this whole allergy world, this. it's kind of like, okay, there's nothing you can do. Just mm-hmm. avoid it. It's like, is it like, is it like, is this real, right? Like, is it like that's all we can really do? Is there, like, nothing that can just take these allergies away? Because, again, we're we're new to this. And, and yeah, unfortunately, you know, we're starting to learn that, you know, there's nothing you can just, like, like you said, just avoid it. There's no pill. There's no pill. Magic yeah. pill that you no can magic tip. pill. There's yeah. no like prayer that you can do to just take it away. It's it's there, and you just mm-hmm. kind of have to do your best to yeah. manage it. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, there's things like food challenges where you expose them little by little. There is like um, trials that you can sign up for, but these things, like the trials that I've I know about, is like thirty thousand. Yeah. The food challenge, like. That's something that we're we're doing, but we had to stop because of COVID. Mm-hmm. The allergist didn't want to send us to the hospital because mm-hmm. of you know potential exposure. But I mean, obviously, all of this is going to take time. But I think what we're alluding to is that there's no magic pill to make it go away tomorrow. So you mentioned that you're your child's advocate, a parent that's going through something similar to this. What would you say to them? Our daughter Minori, she has taught me um, confidence. So I feel like. While I'm no expert, like I need to be confident in myself that I can educate others around me and others who are around her when I'm not there. Yeah. Like while she's six years old, she can now, you know, fend, like she can't fend for herself. I mean, she, she can get by and now she yeah. can, you know, she can say I'm allergic to something, but you all like, she still needs that adult around her to to help like her teachers or anyone else so I feel like for me it's you know you got to learn to be confident and not afraid to speak up and ask you know other parents to to help you by not you know serving something at a party and before I don't think I I would ever be brave enough to to ask for all these things because I I never like feeling like you have to treat my daughter any differently. Right. And like other, like you start to realize, you know, other parents don't know how serious it is. So they just, they're like nonchalant about it. And then we're just kind of like, we have anxiety the whole time. Right. So you just have to, at the end of the day, just, you know, stand up for your child and just speak up and just, you know, don't be afraid to just tell anybody what their allergies are and like how serious it is. Right. And to go off of what you just said about, parents not realizing how serious it is I think it's because it's one of those things where if you can't see it Mm -hmm. you don't feel like it's that serious because Mm -hmm. it's not like a physical mark on her Mm -hmm. that's like the tell like something's something's different Mm -hmm. right so it's I think that's what makes it scarier because especially if you're not around someone with allergies you don't realize how life-threatening is and I think that's why we we can't be afraid to to speak up so for example like even just today like we went to like even doing the the like the simplest things like going to the movies 
like I had to text the other parents like hey like don't don't buy peanut like any food with peanuts in it or don't buy anything with butter because unless you're there to experience our daughter going through an anaphylactic reaction Mm -hmm. you you like she looks like just like a normal Mm -hmm. child right you would never know so until you're in that situation where you see her experiencing it with the vomiting the hives like the swelling the breathing then you don't you don't think it's it's a big deal which is terrible so your relationships um have been influenced i guess maybe a little bit with either negatively or positively with your friends maybe family um can you share an experience where you know it was it was a positive one little kids her age mm-hmm. right they're they're very they're they're knowledgeable of the situation now because they're in the same class right so it's like like a lot of them like we go to a party and right away when they're done eating they go wash their hands right okay. because they know you know their friend Minori has severe allergies so like things like that is just kind of it's really heartwarming because you don't expect six-year-olds to to take food allergies seriously right like what do they really know but they do these little things so you can see that you know in school um you know they're really talking about it you know the parents um we go to parties and and they're they're very aware to to not have you know any of the type of allergens that that our daughter has at the party they call us they ask us you know um what kind of desserts they can get things like that so um people are really like showing us that you know it it is it is possible to to go to parties for example and just not you know have anxiety the whole time because they're really going out of their way to make it comfortable for our daughter right so things like that is just really you know it it really touches our heart because you know they don't really need to but you know they they really are going out of their way so you mentioned like educating uh, the adults in this situation how do you educate your child about their allergies and how do you help them understand the importance of avoiding certain things especially when she was much little but even now and possibly in the future when she's in school you know mm-hmm. when something were to happen every day we would we would try to get her to almost like memorize like even before she was even aware of like what it means to have allergies we were just teaching her like you know you can't eat um, dairy you can't eat eggs sesame let me let me just list off all her allergies <laughs> just so everyone listening <laughs> can hear so she she can you relate to this <laughs> list <laughs> yeah so she has a dairy allergy a sesame allergy an egg allergy peanuts tree nuts and dogs and that's and with dogs it's not only the dander which is what everyone's used to but it's also the urine and the saliva um, and then even before she had she had ailments, but then she outgrew it. But again, going back to my first point of like just teaching her what these words are mm-hmm. that she's allergic to, we kind of kind of ingrained it in her. Like, hey, can you tell us? Like, repeat it back to us. Like, what are you allergic to? So every day, I think we would t- we would ask her. Like, we would say it out of the blue. We could be driving to the store and be like, hey, Minori, what are you allergic to? Mm-hmm. Um, we we would just do that like kind of a repetition and then now that she's a lot older she's getting more curious you know like wanting to try things and before you kind of like lean on like the i guess i don't want to say hope but kind of lean on um 
the fact that she's never actually tried these things so like she just, she doesn't know what she's missing out yeah. yeah like she wouldn't know what she's missing out on but i think now she's she's more so just so curious because like her plate doesn't look like someone else's plate right. so she's like curious to want to try things but um we just remind her like because she you know she's ha- unfortunately like she has experienced severe reactions so we'd say to her like you know you can't eat that because you know it makes you sick like we we say the word sick versus you know i don't i i just don't want her to feel like different exactly different so i like i don't know for me it was just more so comforting to just say you know it makes you feel sick like it makes you feel a certain way so we don't want that because we want to be able to stay here and and you know spend that extra time with like your cousin we don't want to just leave Mm -hmm. so i think that kind of helped her more so like realize like okay like you know i i I am having fun and i don't want to risk so i know this is scary because uh you know, like my brother um, said before, my son had an anaphylaxis uh, shock. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys experienced that with Minori? <laughs> okay, so we have, but I'm going to let Edgar tell that story because I feel like if I do, I'm going to start crying. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um, so she was uh, at daycare and uh, we ended up getting a call um, that um, she wasn't doing well. Um, I believe they sent us photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and they you, didn't know if they should EpiPen her. Yeah, they didn't know if they should EpiPen her. Um, even after we had the whole emergency plan, everything set up, we did what we had to do. Um, they were, st- um, they still don't know what to do. Um, and then when we seen the photos, we seen that it she was, was like she was having anaphylaxis, like all rashes throughout the body. We we. She vomited. They thought that she was just sick. sick, so they kind of just put her in the corner of the room, even though she was going through this anaphylaxis. So she was going through it by herself. She was going through it by herself, and she was, what, two years old? So, yeah. like, she couldn't even speak, right? So she's just going through it um, on her own. Um, and then I got the call at work. Um, I'm like, I got to get, I got to go. Um, we ended up mm-hmm. uh, going to... Um, you told them EpiPen. Yeah, we told them EpiPen. And they didn't even do it properly. Like, they didn't know, like, you so know. So they administered the EpiPen. Yeah, well, they thought they did. I, I don't think so. They okay. didn't do Like, I guess they were, you know, they were sh- nervous about the whole situation, which I, I get that, right? And with an anaphylaxis shock, um, as some of you might know, it's timing, right? Seconds. Seconds. Exactly. So then, um, so we got there. Um and and luckily um it it, you know no no ambulance was called nothing right so but luckily um i guess whatever they were able to kind of inject in her did help um because we did see a little bit of a mark there um and and then and, and it didn't get worse from there but um yeah just again looking back at um this situation and also um sorry but like we asked, did she ingest anything? And they 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 said no, she didn't ingest anything. Fast forward to a couple of years later, one of the ladies who worked there, um, who were then at Minori's new school, um, actually told us that um, she did end up drinking some milk. She had oatmeal. She had oatmeal with milk. So they even tried to cover it up. Wow. After like. So it's like, 
you know, hearing those things, knowing everything that she went through was just heartbreaking. Just looking back that hey, she could have, she could have died, right? Yeah. She could have, she could have died and nothing would have been done. Um, but that was the first mm-hmm. anaphylaxis um, situation that we went through, mm-hmm. which thank God she made it out of. Yeah. So when you reached the hospital, because you, you, I'm sure you guys took we her to the hospital there. after. Yeah, we did. What did the doctor say? Um, well, what, the, what did the doctor say? They just, they monitored yeah. her. It was more so, um, like, they were more so like, you were lucky. Yeah. Right. And they just made sure, since we were there, um, we just had to stay for, for a while. And then they just made sure it didn't progress. Because with anaphylactic reactions, sometimes even after the first time you administer it, sometimes it doesn't take. Right. And then they could have even more reactions after it and that's where you go for a second dose Mm -hmm. um but i mean thank god um minori was protected that day and it it didn't get to that point but um i think from that experience um i think that experience is where i think i grew so much more confidence um because Mm -hmm. i didn't want this to happen to another kid and if it took my daughter as like the learning experience Mm -hmm. i i wanted something to come out of that so i actually ended up calling the school board on this preschool Mm -hmm. to get them um like audited because an anaphylaxis emergency care plan should always be a part of every um like every uh, daycare every school it should always be a part of it um, for all the teachers to know because yes. again allergies are, are not ra- like uncommon here maybe mm-hmm. you know back home but but not here so um, I, I ended up doing that but then at the same time I felt like it was my part and I, I feel like it maybe I shouldn't have even had to do this but I mm-hmm. um, set up um, a learning session mm-hmm. for all of the the child care workers at this preschool my daughter's preschool mm-hmm. I'm like we're I'm gonna get uh, expert to come in and teach all of your staff how to properly administer an EpiPen because um, one thing that Edgar didn't mention was that they they EpiPened Minori during that reaction but they didn't take the safety cap off so if you're if you're familiar with EpiPens it's um, blue to the sky orange to the thigh mm-hmm. but they didn't remove the blue safety cap and when they had uh, EpiPender so they ended up just bruising her but there was like a, like he said there was a mark so it looked like that's what the doctor had told us at the hospital that it did some of it did go through mm-hmm. but they ended up leaving like a big bruise on yeah. her thigh yeah. so I know you guys carry around EpiPens I've seen you guys mm-hmm. you have one everywhere yes right? in the we car, do <laughs> in the, um, and that's great um so uh, now that you have experience with EpiPens what what is the standard like what do you have to do like in terms of do they expire like is there any advice that you could give yeah uh, people that are listening right now yeah so they definitely do um you you can sign up for um the, which is what i'm doing right now with epipen junior i have an app on my phone mm-hmm. and you input all the epipen dates um, onto this app and then they'll send you email reminders when your EpiPen's coming up for Oh, so you registered. Yeah, okay. yeah, so I registered it. Amazing. So th- that's okay. like a good reminder. Um, that thing is like on the EpiPen's themselves, there's like a clear spot on it so that if it looks foggy, then it's don't use it. Um, okay. But if it's clear, then you know that it's 
good to use. Even if, even if I think they, they kind of like because when when we started getting these EpiPens, there was like a shortage at the time, mm-hmm. right? So they're like, um, yeah, it might be expired, but still, like if it looks like it's clear through this little see-through part in, in, on the EpiPen, then it should be fine. But now, like, there's no shortage as long like from what I know. So we just we don't even wait for the expiration or to see if it's foggy. We just get new ones and make sure that they're not expired. Yeah, I always try to make so sure like it's refillable prescriptions. Like, or you have to go to the doctor. You have to go. You have to go to the doctor okay. to get um, a prescription. But we always ask for like six. Okay. I know that sounds really excessive, but I always want to make sure that we always have two on us. There's two at home and then two two for her school. I give one to the teacher that her teacher wears all the time, okay. whether they're inside, outside, and then I keep. A second one in Minori's backpack and I always tell the teacher it's in there in case she needs a second dose um, but it's it's always better to have obviously more than than not so I know Minori's only six but have you guys taught her how to administer an EpiPen yeah, yeah. she actually yeah she she knows so we um, so with um, with EpiPen uh, Junior or Canada um, you can actually go to their website and get a free, um, a free waste pack and uh, a free trainer kit. So I, I ordered the trainer kit. So we have one, and then I ordered one for her school that comes with like a poster that they can put in the classroom. Um, but it comes with a dummy EpiPen, mm-hmm. and that's the one that we use on Minori. And then we actually do it to ourselves. Like <laughs> Edgar will come up to me and say, "Hey, I'm having an anaphylactic." shock and then that's my cue to like mm. go exactly where wherever I keep the EpiPen mm-hmm. and then I administer it to him it's just it helps with the nerves yeah right? I think yeah that's a tip for like anybody just if you have like one of those practice EpiPens even just go to go to the school whichever school that your child goes to give it to the the teacher and says and just say hey I'm having an allergic reaction and just see how they react to it right because you know it can happen when you least expect it right so that's why like i do it like we could be having dinner and then i'll just say hey i have a i'm having having a reaction what do we do and then we just kind of practice it on each other and and we just um go off of that yeah and one thing that i did to help because we always okay so for us we know that in i guess in the state of emergency you're gonna obviously have nerves so you may forget where you even put an epipen so i actually ordered um it's it's, fight or flight yeah Yeah. exactly so i i ordered um this emergency case where it's like almost like where you keep like like where you would keep like a a fire extinguisher but it's for epipens so um so we have that at home and we have two epipens in there so it's at any time there's an emergency you know that you can go to this case and then that's where the epipens are so that helps if like your mom is at our house, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And she forgets. Again, if you're not around someone with allergies, you're going to forget all these things, right? So it's just, it's good to try to make everything as accessible and easy as possible. So Minori lives quite a relatively normal life, right? With her sports and she excels in school. Like she's a really good human being. You guys have created an amazing little oh, girl. Thank you. Um, but looking towards the future, what are your hopes and aspirations for her in terms of her allergy? Um, well, we're, we're praying every single day that she can grow out of her allergies. Because, um, you know, we hear that, what is it, 80% grow out of, you know, milk, dairy allergies by the age of seven. 
Um, so we're hoping for that. We know peanuts, it's pretty rare to grow out of that. So, um, but again, we're just pretty much praying each and every day that she can grow out of as many allergies as she can so that um, we have less things to worry about. That's sort of what our hopes are. And again, just for for her not to um, like be be embarrassed of her allergies, right? Like this is what she has, unfortunately. Um, but but we can make it. We can we can work through it. We can work past it and just continue to cook our own food and just, you know, <laughs> don't go like that. Is, it's helping us, you know make our own food and not go eat out as much right because we're very aware of it and and um yeah just you know hopefully she goes to college and she becomes an athlete and she doesn't have to worry about these these allergies as much but that's sort of what Mm -hmm. what we hope for yeah and i mean going back to like the first um i guess the first question you asked me and and when i responded about this being a journey Again, she's only six, and when she's when she's older, when she goes to high school, that's going to be a whole other experience of you know being a teenager now with allergies, mm-hmm. and like you know this the the pressure of social settings, um, and then the pressure of like wanting to fit in. Like as sad as you know that sounds, it's like that's something that we're going to have to go through. Mm-hmm. And um, I think just giving her like the confidence that she has taught me with these allergies I'm I'm praying every day that she's also going to have that same confidence um so that it doesn't become um like a roadblock for her in anything that she does and that she can live a normal life Mm -hmm. because like I say that to everyone I'm like she's a normal kid Mm -hmm. like she has allergies but she's a normal kid like you would never know yeah well yeah she's a hockey player yeah she's a soccer player yeah you're gonna see her on team canada for hockey for for soccer now mark it on this day in november what day is it guys (laughs) november 2023 we called it yeah Uh, so in closing remarks guys i'm really proud of you guys and and the parents that you are um and i'm i'm really happy that you guys have advocated for her and Sometimes you guys have had to put me in check as well, right? Um, But is there anything else that you would tell a parent that might be hearing this and is going through something similar? Mm -hmm. Um, What should they do first? Like, should they go seek their doctor? Should they demand seeing an allergist? Like, what would you say? Um, I would say, yeah. Um, Well, first, um, try to introduce, right, these these allergens like peanut butter, um, fish, shellfish, try to introduce them at an early age. Um, go go in front of a hospital, right? Introduce these things that you can and just stay there for, for a little bit. So that's the first thing I would say. Just try to introduce these into their diet as soon as you can. Find a community. Like you're, you're not alone. Like you don't, you don't ever have to feel like you have to take this on by yourself. Like and, you know, as sad as it is, like allergies are so common now that you can find so many different communities, whether that's on um, online or in person. Uh, Food Allergy Canada is a really big one for us. Like we follow them on on X, <laughs> formerly <laughs> Twitter. Um, we follow them like they share such good tips. We've learned so much from, you know, simple social posts that they that they put out. Um, and they also host webinars um, that you can join and listen to. 
Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot of education, um, but it's obviously all for the right reasons because you want to make sure that you have all the right tools. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's, um, there's also an e-magazine, yeah. um, allergy living. Um, they, they put out magazines every month and they, uh, they give you a lot more tips on, on how to have a safe Halloween with a child with allergies or like how to have a, a successful Christmas gathering. So yeah, those are, those are sort of outlets that, that we use, um, that help us a lot. When you first find out, it's going to feel like your, your world's upside down, right? It's, it's going to be a lot of hard nights. We had many nights where we, we just talked about it and we cried to ourselves about this, right? So it'll be difficult at first, but, but you'll make it work. It, it, it'll, it'll become easier and easier the more you sort of navigate through it. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, Bloomers. A big thank you to Joanna and Edgar for joining us today and sharing their insights. We hope you found this topic useful and enjoyed the conversation. Stay tuned for more exciting content. And until next time, keep blooming.